Welcome to the Run Back to Jesus podcast, where we are going to let go of all the weights holding us down and run the race God designed us for. Okay, we are at week three of Advent. If you have not tried out one of our Advent prayer and workouts, make sure you go sign up for one. If you didn't get into the replay library, you missed a class. Remember, that is available for just $1 when you sign up in the month of December. The links are all in the show notes. Make sure you join us because these are such a fun way to move our body and center it all on Jesus. And movement is, of course, something that I love and I'm so passionate about. And for the last five years, I've had such an honor of working with people in their health and wellness journey. And usually when people come to me, especially I have clients that come for one-on-one coaching, they've got some big goals and some big changes that they want to make in their life. And so we sit down, we talk about what they want to do. We get a plan. The first week is usually great. They are moving. They're making good nutrition choices. They're communicating with me and we get this momentum going. And then all of a sudden, usually it's around week two or three, it gets silent. Like to the point where with my one-on-one clients who we kind of have this expectation they're going to message me each day. It's gone a couple days and I finally have to message them and say, are you alive? I'm going to send a safety search for you if you don't respond. And let me tell you that 100% of the time gets a reply. So just a note, if you're one of my one-on-one clients and you're supposed to respond to me, at least just say something back like, I'm okay, I'll get back to you. Or I may just send someone to check on you. But here's what happens when people go silent. They've fallen off track. They they don't want to tell me that they've already got it wrong and maybe it's only week two or week three. They don't want to admit that they can't get it right. And sometimes they even feel like, I don't want to upset you. I don't want to make you mad that I didn't get this right. And so then they come to me and I just encourage them to open up and share and they spill everything that's been happening. And this is my favorite part because I can tell them, it is okay that you didn't get it right. In fact, that's why we're here. You need me because you can't get it right all the time and you need some help and guidance and there's no shame or guilt for what you've done. In fact, this is a good thing because we can take these areas that you aren't getting right and you are struggling with and we can learn from them. And as we learn from them, this is going to be the game changer in getting you from where you are stuck to where you want to be. And one of two things will either happen. They'll either believe me for what I say to them. And so we get to this point where they're sharing everything with me. And let me tell you, these people are rare, but they are magical. I've had clients message me when they're in lines at fast food places that they pulled out of before and got back in. I've had them message me when they walk into the break room and there's donuts and all these kinds of crazy things. And they're open with me and honest. And they don't let the shame or guilt of their past mistakes hang with them. And so I'm able to help them through it. But yet there are the ones who don't really believe me. Or maybe they believe me, but they don't live it out. And so they continue to live in this cycle of trying to get it right, messing up, feeling the guilt or shame, and they're just repeating those cycles over and over. The two people can come to me with very similar stories. I give them the same exact method of coaching, and yet we end up with two very different results. One client will release themselves from the shame or guilt that they've experienced from their past mistakes. They own those mistakes. They come to me when they happen and we learn to work through them instead of carrying them with us. And yes, there can still certainly be consequences. And we think in health and fitness, one bad meal is not going to break you. But when you have years of bad choices, there are consequences. But we realize that we're not bound by those mistakes. But then I have the other client and who, while they told me their mistakes once, And I told them that they are not defined by them. They hold on to them. They continue not to share everything. 
They keep those things from me and they live in this vicious cycle and I'm not able to help them because they're not transparent with me. And I think for many of us, we are in this place in life. We are in this place of concealing something and living in the shame guilt cycle. Now for you, maybe it's not health and fitness. Maybe you have no problem owning your health and fitness struggles or maybe it is, but it could be anything that you are just carrying around that you don't want to share. Maybe you don't even want to tell it to God. You think it will disqualify you. Maybe you've told him, but you don't truly believe these words that you're not defined by it. And so you carry it with you. You have a bad day. You've already messed up once. So why not one more time? Because a lot of times these things will bring us a little bit of joy in in the moment. And we tell ourselves that, you know what, my situation is just really bad. So I'm going to turn to this thing again. And then we feel shame and guilt and this vicious cycle that we live in. And a lot of times we don't even realize while we're in it, how much it is impacting us being in the shame, guilt, cycle. Shame came to us in the garden. As soon as humans, we fell short and we fell to the temptation, shame resulted. Shame is a result of the enemy and it is not something that God has planned for us. So if you are feeling shame and guilt, it is not from God. Jesus came into this world to free us from that sin, to free us from our shortcomings so that these weights wouldn't be carried with us. He took every sin that we have committed and took it to the cross so that we could be forgiven and released from the final death that comes from that sin. And so as we get ready to walk into this Christmas season, the season where Jesus steps in, I wanted to talk about how we prepare for Jesus's coming. And John the Baptist plays a role here. He plays a role as we are getting ready as a world, not to prepare necessarily for Jesus's birth, but for Jesus to step in to his ministry. John the Baptist, we've talked about him a little bit in the last couple weeks. He was a child that was conceived by Zechariah and Elizabeth. They were this couple who was thought to be be too old to have children. And God comes to them and they receive John the Baptist. And he comes to play an important role in preparing the way of Jesus. And you'll see some of of John the Baptist in all the gospels, but I want to go to Luke today in chapter three. If you go to chapter three, verses two to six, it says, the word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah in the desert. He went into all the country around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in. Every mountain and hill made low. The crooked road shall be come straight. The rough way smooth and all people will see God's salvation. Now, if you want to see the parallel to this, where this is coming from in the Old Testament, go to Isaiah 43 through 5 and read that there. I love seeing these connections in this season because it just, again, reminds me of how good God's plan is and how Jesus had to come to fulfill what we could not do as humans. And so John is preaching about forgiveness of sins. You may be thinking, okay, why? Jesus is coming, getting ready to come do his ministry. Why do we need to worry about forgiveness of sins? Well, Jesus came so that our sins could be forgiven, so that he could correct the wrong that we did in the garden. And part of forgiveness is recognizing that we need to be forgiven. And so as we come into this Advent season, something that I know I'm thinking about, and I want to encourage you to think about is what sins are you holding on to that you need to present to God? We know Jesus is ending. We know that he died on the cross and that our sins are already forgiven. So we don't need to ask God to forgive us. We need to present them to him. We need to own our mistakes. And 
when we talk about this, I feel like I always have to put this up because someone will say, well, then why don't we just sin all the time? Well, just because our sins are forgiven doesn't mean there aren't consequences for our bad choices. doesn't mean that we don't have to live with those ramifications. What it means is that we are forgiven. We can let go of the shame and the guilt that come from carrying those things with us. And we can turn away from our sins and we can turn back to Jesus. And sometimes it is also just realizing that we are sinning. Remember, the enemy doesn't come with a pitchfork and a knife. He comes with a friendly smile and he makes us turn to things that may be good. They're not bad, but that will cause us to seek those things to fulfill our soul. So this may be a good time to think, what in this season am I turning to for peace and joy that's not Jesus? And how do I need to turn away from that and put Jesus first? Maybe those are things that you can then continue to do, but God is first instead of putting these things at the center of us. So we can turn away from sin. We can see those things that we've been living for outside of Jesus and go back to him to become whole again. This summer, my Bible study completed a find. It's called Find Your People. It's a Bible study in a book by Jenny Allen. It's an amazing resource. I've talked about it before. If you've not done it, put it on your Christmas wish list. And one of the things that we did in the study was talking about sharing the last 1%. The 1% that you don't normally share, maybe it's something that you are holding onto that you've never told anybody and you know that you're carrying it with you. And so it is finding safe people, safe people following after Jesus to share this with. And I'm going to tell you, it is one of the most freeing things to do. And here's why. When you hold on to things, the enemy lets them stay in your heart and carry them with you, and you will experience shame and guilt from them. But when you can share with safe people who are going to love you through those things, who are going to pray with you, and who are going to lead you back to Jesus for healing And even sometimes you'll find too that as you share, you're not alone in your struggles. You will find it to be one of the most freeing things that you can experience. Because as you do that, you can then work and grow to change. But this is the thing about about owning our sins and mistakes. We can do that and we can confess them all day long. But if we don't start to take the steps of change, we're going to get caught up in that loop over and over again. And this doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't just say, okay, I've messed up. I've got it wrong. God, I am coming to you. Thank you for forgiveness. Make me whole. And that doesn't mean that we don't just like instantly have this magic wand and snap into never doing it again. But it's that we start making that process to then start producing good fruit. And maybe at first it's just one little thing, but then over time, as we continue to grow, continue to come back to Jesus and own our struggles, we'll start to find ourselves producing more and more fruit. And John the Baptist says this in Luke 3, 8. He says, produce good fruits as evidence of your repentance. And also then in verse 9, he says, every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. And this reminded me instantly, I just went to John chapter 15. We talked about this in an episode earlier back where Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. He says he takes away every branch that does not bear fruit. And he says, everyone that does produce fruit, he prunes so that it bears more. And so I'm just thinking about this trimming away of the things that aren't good. And if you remember the footnote, In John's gospel, back in the day when vines were pruned from the vineyard, it said these branches were often hung on the wall to dry and were later used as fuel. And so when God is in your story, he can prune away these things in your life that aren't producing fruit. 
and he can let those become fuel in your story. But when Satan is in your story, he takes those things that aren't producing fruit in your life and he puts them on your back and you carry with them and you become trapped by them. So today I want to challenge you and myself, I'm right here with you, to be like my clients who come to me willing to leave it all out on the line. The ones who know that they need help in order to change. They know that by sharing it all, they can release their shortcomings. The ones who say, I know I need help. I know I've got it wrong. I need to share this all with you so that I can get myself out of this mess through your help. And as a health coach, this is helpful so I can guide them. But God already knows. <laughs> he is way above any human understanding. He already knows everything you're going to bring to him. He's just waiting for you to own it and surrender it to him. First John chapter one, verse nine says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God's already given us the cure. It is just our job to pick it up and own it. A cure that came to us in a manger all these years ago to forgive you your sins to remind you that you are not defined by them and to give you grace. A grace that says your mistakes do not define you. A grace that says bring them to Jesus and watch him make you whole again. God wants you to experience this grace, not so we just get a pass. Again, there are consequences for our sin, but so that we can become made whole and then live out God's plans for us. In Ephesians chapter two, there is this beautiful line in scripture. It starts at verse eight that says, for is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not for yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. If you want to read all of that in Ephesians verses 1 through 10, it's pretty good. So go check that one out because it talks about us being dead in our transgression, but how God's mercy and love came for us. So go read that one because it will piece it together for you. But the big takeaway is that God extends this grace to us, not because of anything we've done, but because of whose we are. And not so that we can go and be all high and mighty, but so that we can go and again, be a part of God's story and do the things that he has created us to do. And so as we prepare for the celebration of the coming of our Savior, I just want to encourage you to reflect on those areas that you're falling short and ask God to reveal them to you in your heart. Sometimes we don't even see them. Psalm 139, 23 to 24 is a great one to pray if you're just asking for God to reveal all those areas to you. It says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And again, looking for these things in our life is not to make us feel bad. Romans 8, 1, there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. This is not to lead to guilt and shame, but to be led to a place of conviction where we can see our sins, own them, turn away from them, go to God, and then produce fruits because God is with us. And also to remind you, find that safe person who's following after Jesus and share that 1% with them. And remember that if God extends grace to you, he's extending it to everyone else. And so maybe in this season, we're not only being asked to reconcile ourselves with God, but maybe with someone else. Matthew chapter 18, 21 to 22, Peter comes up and asks Jesus, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him as many as seven times? And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 70 times seven. We are called 
to forgive. And a little disclaimer here, this doesn't mean that because you forgive someone, you continue to go into abusive relationships. Sometimes we can't even tell a person that we've forgiven them. Maybe they are no longer in our life or because of relationship problems and abuse that we can't. But what it means that in our heart, we go to God and we forgive them and release the weight of that burden you're carrying. But I also feel that there are also a lot of relationships that we can mend over conversation and prayer. Maybe the person is receptive and maybe they're not. And what matters is that we offer it to God and do what we can with what we have. The enemy wants to divide us. He doesn't want us in community. He wants us to hide and feel shame so that we hold on to our sins and carry them with us. The enemy doesn't want us to realize that our sins have already been forgiven. He doesn't want you to know that God is not defining you by them. He wants you to think that what you've done will disqualify you in God's story. The enemy also wants you to think that you can't forgive some people and that you will carry that with you. And he wants you to hold on to resentment and bitterness that comes from unforgiveness. Maybe he'll even whisper into your ear that it's it's best if you don't forgive them. Because if you forgive them, you're going to open yourself up to hurt again. And again, forgiveness, please, I just want to hit this home hard, that forgiveness does not mean going back into abusive relationships. But for many of us, we write people off over small things. And we hold this on and we get relationships that are healthy and we divide them over small things. But when we realize that we're all broken, I'm going to fail you, you're going to fail me, but God will never fail. We can take the step towards repentance in those healthy relationships. So today, John the Baptist is our reminder that we have been given a Savior who has washed our sins away. It's important to acknowledge those sins and thank God for taking them away and thank him for giving us his son to release us from those. It's believing that there is no condemnation and that shame and guilt are not from God, but they are from the enemy and that we are not only called to receive forgiveness, but extend forgiveness forgiveness. And and I'm not always saying this stuff is easy. It can be hard to open up. It can be hard to think about forgiveness. But once you take that step, and once you do, it's so freeing. And and like we've talked about, this season is all about the angel saying, do not be afraid. And 1 John 4.18 says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made in perfect love. And we were given perfect love in Jesus that Christmas morning. So this is just a reminder to live in it, to receive it, and try to then extend it. Let's end today in prayer. God, thank you so much for showing us the example of perfect love. Thank you for sending your son into this world to come and take all of our sins to the cross. He didn't do anything to deserve what he had here on this earth, but he did it for us. And you forgive our sins, not because of anything that we've done, but because we are yours. And God, help us to acknowledge those sins. Help us to bring those sins to you. Help us to let go of that way of shame and guilt and turn our eyes back on you to make us whole again so that we can then go be your light in the world, extend that same grace and love to those people we come in contact with and remember that we're all broken, but that through you we can become whole again. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 
Well, I hope and pray that as you are going through this Advent season and this Christmas season, you are seeing God's presence. I just want to remind you to slow down and breathe and focus in on Him and make sure you come join us for a prayer and workout because we would love to have you move your body and connect to Jesus with us in our community. We will see you guys again next week.